Hello, welcome to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Happy Good Friday to everyone, especially on this Easter weekend. <laughs> um, hope you're all staying safe during this coronavirus. But um, So we're going to continue our discussion today with the 92-93 team for the Penguins as being one of the best seasons in franchise history. I teased it yesterday that um, we're going to have w- w- not one guest on for today's episode, but two. Um, of course, Chad, uh, Mad Chad 412 from Penguins Twitter is going to be returning, but a very special guest. He has never been on this podcast before. Penguins beat writer Josh Yoey of The Athletic joins to talk about this season. Uh, first off, Josh, how are you doing? Um, how many times have you watched Roadhouse since the last time you uh, tweeted about it as well? First of all, first of all, there clearly are three special guests on this show. As I see, Jameson is joining us as well. I'm happy to see. Um, as for your inquiry about Roadhouse, I've probably watched it two or three times since then. It was on yesterday. I watched like half of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even when life is good, it's always time for Roadhouse. But life is rough for all of us right now, so the more Roadhouse, the better. Yeah, I've, I've honestly probably watched The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus. the last episode, probably 1,500 times now, and I just, I, I can't get enough with it. But, uh, Chad, how, how are you doing, uh, and how is uh, Jameson doing as well? He's good. He wants to watch Kitties right now, so he's probably going to say the word Kitty a lot. Uh, but yeah, you get a two-for-one special with me and him today, and Josh, a loaded show. I'm sure that... Uh, I'm on the lowest tier of people who are going to want to tune in. It's going to be like Josh, then my son, then you, then me, as far as like interest goes. So I don't think there's any question about that, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I kid, I kid. I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask his son about uh, what he thinks of the team after we're all, uh, after we're all done here. But uh, Josh, I guess I'll start with you. What's the one thing that comes to your mind when you think of that 92, 93 season for the Penguins? Well, Many people will tell you it was the greatest Penguins team of all time, and it certainly was the most dominant one. Uh, I was 13 at the time, and I remember watching every one of those games. And when the playoffs started, I didn't even think it was conceivable that anybody could beat that team, uh, let alone the New York Islanders. Um, So to me, it's clearly the greatest team, I think, in Pittsburgh sports history that did not win a championship. Uh, Mario was at the height of his power. That was kind of you know, his signature moment after coming back from Hodgkin's disease that season, the way he dominated the league. Um, it remains kind of a mystery to me as to why they lost. And you can blame the Kevin Stevens injury, and certainly Mario's back was not good in the Islander series. Barrasso played poorly. But, my God, it, it still shouldn't have mattered. They, they were that good. Yeah, just, you know, going up three games to one in that series and somehow blow, blow uh, just blowing it, uh, I just – I can't fathom how I would be at the time if I were alive and at a certain age where I could watch that series because I feel like I probably would have just um, – I would probably just start crying for the next couple of weeks. But, uh, Chad, I'll ask the same question. What comes to mind when you, when you think of that team? I mean, that was the first year that I like I was like a full-time hockey fan. I was I – I don't really have any like uh, actual vivid memories of the the teams prior to that. I was a little too young. Like I, I can picture it, but I can't like I, w- I don't remember much. And that was the first year that I watched that team like on a on a nightly basis, and I fell in love because Mario was like a god. Like mm-hmm. I had a picture of this guy in my room, Yager. Like they were they blew me away, and I, like Josh, like, I, it was something that like 
they were so good that you didn't expect that to happen. It was literally the most shocking. We've had a lot of shocking defeats as Pittsburgh sports fans, but I agree. I think that's the most shocking because Islanders team, like, I bet you hockey fans couldn't name one or two guys off that Islanders team if you asked them on the spot. Like, they were nobodies, and they beat that Penguins team. It was devastating. Um, and to this day, I don't. I, I went back and watched the games, and I don't understand how they lost, even with everything that Josh said, they were that much better. And it just goes to show you that you can never, you, you can never like Gary count on things or guarantee things. And it's sad because I think the, I would have loved to have seen the Penguins go on to face the Kings and have Mario and Gretzky play in that Stanley Cup final. That would have been amazing. And it was, it just feels like it was just never meant to be. Well, and also Mario would have had the chance to play his hometown Canadians in the next round. Um, so that would have been the ultimate for him to go to Montreal in the playoffs, then to go face off against Wayne Gretzky. It would have been great. And the only guy those Islanders had that you have heard of is Pierre Turgeon, and he got hurt and didn't play in the series. You know, Dale Hunter cheap-shotted him at the end of the series before. So, um, no, that was like the ultimate no-name team. Al Arbor, their great coach, was really the only name that that team had at that time. Josh, did you talk to any of the guys on that team? Like, what do they what do they say about that loss? Like, I mean, you can say either stuff on the record or off the record. You don't have to say names, but like, were they like, are were, is that something that haunted them? Were like, were they were they as equally shocked they lost that series? Uh, yeah, they, they were. Um, I don't know. I've talked with a lot of guys about that series. Um, Rick Tockett told me it still bothers him more than any hockey game he's ever played because <laughs> he's you know never played on a team that great and. He, of course, was on the 92 team the year before, um, and, and he, he actually scored one of the two goals to tie it late in Game 7, as a matter of fact. To send and Remember, they were down 3-1, like five minutes left, and actually tied it, and everybody thought they were going to win the overtime. Yeah. Of course, they did not. Um, and uh, Kevin Stevens, um, of course, got injured in the first period of that game. Rich Pylon uh, hit him, <coughs> excuse me, knocked him out cold before he hit the ice, and really, Stevens' career was derailed from that point on. So I think the loss is more personal for him probably just because of the way he had to exit that game but he also said you know he not a day goes by that he doesn't think about that game and he actually told me the story he was in the hospital and conscious um as that game went to overtime and, and they actually put a radio beside his bed and he was listening to mike lang's call when david bollock scored the goal and he you know he just remembers how much shock he was in because nobody on that team thought they could lose, but I think maybe that was part of the problem. I, I have to think overconfidence was an issue when you went 17 straight going into the playoffs. You're the two time defending champs. You got Mario going the way he was, you know, I don't think they thought anybody could beat them either. And when you think that way in the NHL, you know, stuff happens. That's that's, we've seen it before. Yeah. I mean, they thought they were invincible, especially after, yeah. Like you said, with the 17 game winning streak, Mario to do what he did, come back from the Hodgkin's lymphoma. You know, that's, that's one, I remember that's one of the first things, you know, my mom told me about, you know, Mario is that he came back and not only caught Pat, caught Pat LaFontaine, but he breezed past him too. Like it was nothing. And he looked like he just had, had nothing. They just, you know, they thought they were, like I said, I thought they were invincible and they thought, you know, no one's going to beat us. We're, we're the best. And um, I think it's kind of get lost. How, just how good Rick Tockett was that season, 109 points in 80 games. Um, uh, I think another underrated thing was um, Ron Francis, just uh, a hundred point season for him. He was just, he was on another level for that team. He, too. he gets lost in the conversation yeah. when we talk about all time penguins. Like, I don't think people realize how good Ron Francis was. Yeah. 
No, I, I mean, the, the thing about Ron Francis is, like, he put up 100 points a season, which not that saying something to begin with. He actually brought a defensive culture to the Penguins. So while he was bringing defense to that team and being a shutdown guy, he's still putting up 100 points a season. Like that, how many people could have done that in the history of the game? Not, not that many. Yeah, it's weird. Like, he, like nationally, like if you talk like the National Hockey League, I think they just had him on like the top 20 centers of all time. But like then, we, like here in Pittsburgh, you know, we talk about like Malkin, Crosby, Yager, Latang, uh, you know. Every, you know, and everybody like his name does not get brought up probably as much as it should. Like he oh. was, they don't uh, they don't win those cups without him in the early nineties. I mean he yeah. was, he made a huge difference. I mean he was literally the guy who took every big face off, who played the other team's best center. He was always out there against Messier or whoever the number one center was, and he still put up his numbers always. Yeah, and then um. And I also think I think people get lost in just how good Larry Murphy was that season. I know Josh, you had in your um your article or this your top twenty um Penguins article this week where you had Larry Murphy ranked pretty high. And um I think uh, like Ron Francis, people forget just how good um, he was. Yeah, Larry Murphy was awesome, and yeah. he, he let's put it this way: he's with the Penguins for about four years. Mm-hmm. He put up a point per game almost exactly, which for a defenseman. I realize he had great teammates. I know nobody likes the plus minus stat, and I understand that. But I like to reference it when it's something really noticeable. He played 300 games with the Penguins. He was a plus 101. Like that's that's and off they, the charts. And the Penguins weren't really the the most defensively responsible team. No. Either, yeah. really saying God no, they weren't. That's what, no, Larry Murphy was a great hockey player. He, he absolutely was. The one thing, the one thing that I wish that we got to see on this team, uh, for especially in the playoffs, was um, him and Paul Coffey, because I feel like that would be just um, that would that honestly would probably would not be fair. Well, the problem was somebody had to play defense, and if you put those two together, <laughs> and they did play together a little bit in '91. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, those two were in the power play. It was both of them on the power play usually with Mario and Stevens and Recky in '91? Um, there's, I think that's. All Hall of Famers except for Stevens, and mm-hmm. he certainly was playing at a Hall of Fame level at that point. Yeah. Let's throw a let's throw a hypothetical out, right? Let's throw let's change. We go back. We do some we do some Marvel movie stuff. We we go back in time, and the Penguins they they went like they're supposed to. What do you think that would have done for the Lemieux Gretzky argument if Lemieux would have been able to win a third and three in a row? Do you think that that would have kind of tilted it more with more people in his corner of being better than Gretzky? It, it may have. The, the only problem would be, and I'm looking at this from the standpoint of the Gretzky truthers, we'll call them. Um, you know, Gretzky was getting a little older at that point. He was definitely a little bit past his prime, but that said, he had a great postseason. Yeah, I think if Mario goes toe-to-toe with Gretzky and the Penguins beat them, it probably does make something of a difference. I don't I don't know if it would have been approved with this or not, but I, I think it would have been the attention of people for sure. Yeah, I would have. That, I, I, that, I, that's like the one series that I wish I think we all would have seen was just Mario and Wayne go at it because. I mean, they had a video game based on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I remember that. Yeah. I, I just. I always say, I mean, I'm of course I probably may sound biased, but I always think we'll think Mario is the best player to ever live. We just know that Wayne Gretzky is. The more accomplished player, even though he was also insanely good as well. But um, like I said, yeah, if you're asking me to take Mario or Gretzky, um, 
and in the prime, I'm taking Mario because I think Gretzky. I remember reading a few times back. I think he said that if Mario were healthy with all without all this stuff, I think he said he would have shattered his records. I, I might be wrong um, potentially with that, but I do remember reading that in a bunch of places like a couple years ago. Yeah, Gretzky actually wrote an autobiography many years ago, and his first reference to Mario, he said that if Mario played with a broken tooth instead of a stick, he would still win the scoring title. So, <laughs> that's Gretzky's way of complimenting him, but it's also his passive-aggressive way of saying, I worked a lot harder than Mario. And, I mean, he Mario wasn't like Sid in terms of work ethic. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, he smoking cigs like before games. <laughs> yeah, um, he didn't stop smoking until after he was diagnosed with cancer. He, yeah. he was down on a pack of heaters a day. I mean, that's just <laughs> what it was. Um, but when you come from Montreal, like I don't know if you guys have ever been to Montreal. Uh, I ever, great city. Everybody still smokes there. It's just it's like the one place in the world where you still see people smoking everywhere. It's like being in Pittsburgh in 1986. <laughs> Everybody smokes. Um, but Mario was just so much more gifted than anyone else. He he didn't have to practice. He he really didn't. So much more talented than anyone who ever played. And tell me one thing Gretzky could do better than him. Honestly, one thing. But there's not. I could name five or six things Mario could do that Gretzky couldn't do. But just in terms of pure talent and just given what a big man Mario was, he was six inches taller and had that big wingspan and was just so much stronger. He could just physically do things Gretzky couldn't do. You don't have to throw anybody under the bus and you might not be able to say, but like off the record or, you know, have you ever had those guys, is that something that the players like talked about? Do you think that they were, they were like, like, was there guys that were like, yeah, Mario, I think Mario is better than Gretzky or, you know, there's no way like those guys, is that something that they talked about? Is that something that Mario, like, do you think deep down inside he thinks he's better than Wayne or was better than Wayne? Probably. I, I, you know, I, I, Mario doesn't talk with the media much. I, I'd be lying to you if I said I had like some relationship with him. I don't, <laughs> you know, but I, I've certainly never had a conversation like that, but no, I've talked with teammates. It's interesting. I've talked with people who have played with both of them, Rick Tockett, um, Kevin Stevens, Paul Coffey. Those are all guys who at some point played with him or some of them played internationally with him. And it's a very awkward topic for players you always get the feeling that nobody wants to come out and say, yeah, he was better than Gretzky because, you know, you don't want to upset the establishment. Right, yeah. But you always get the sense that, yeah, they kind of think that he was. Um, they were just, you know, such different personalities too. Like everything about Mario and Gretzky is different. And Mario is so shy. Like if you guys ask Wayne Gretzky to come on your podcast, he probably would because he likes attention so much. Mm-hmm. He can't help himself. Like he loves being in the spotlight. Mario mm-hmm. doesn't. Um, there's so many different angles. And what's interesting to me is their relationship. Like I've had so many people tell me that, you know, Mario and Gretzky are cordial with one another, but like deep down, like Mario doesn't really like him that much. (laughs) Gretzky probably doesn't like him very much. There's just a weird friction there. Same with Crosby and Ovechkin. You can tell like nobody will come on and say it, but they don't don't really like each other, which I kind of like actually. But um, yeah, Mario and Gretzky just so different in so many different ways, but they, they can only historically, I think be compared to one another. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I 100% agree with that, and um, yeah, and like you said about Mario, yeah, he, he's definitely been always been very shy. I can probably, he's probably only spoke to the media, Josh, only probably on you can probably only count it on one hand, I would say, throughout his time as a Penguin owner. Oh yeah, it's the two cops he talked after those yeah. when they fired uh, Dan Bilesma, he talked. Yep. And uh, Mario and Gretzky and Bobby Orr all talked at the All Star Game in LA a couple years ago, which was pretty cool. But 
Yeah, and that doesn't bother me, by the way. I there are people in my line of work who get bent out of shape. Ooh, he won't yes. be How dare him? Like, I know damn well I'll go after them though. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a shit if he doesn't want it. Like I that's his business. And honestly, that's always been kind of what makes him cool in a way. He's got that aura of, of mystery about him, right? Mystique, right? Yeah. right? yeah, he he's like uh He's like, uh, like one of my favorite actors is, um, is Leonardo DiCaprio. And like, you don't know like anything about like his personal life. Right. Like, yeah. I like that. I don't like the fact that he's like, here's my reality. Like he has like a reality show of his life and show like, you have no idea like what Mario does. He's no. very aloof and like, there's this mystique behind him. And I, I, I that it, 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 uh, I'm attracted to that because yeah. I, I respect yeah. it so much, especially nowadays in our social media life where everybody, I mean, you can see the inside of people's lives and every day. It's like I still don't know anything about Mary Lemieux other than he likes wine. Like that's all I know. He likes wine for sure. He likes to play golf. Um, I, you know, I know a lot of people who are close with him, Mm -hmm. and everybody loves him. I I mean, you you will not hear a bad word about him. And my dealings with him, he's a really nice, funny guy. You'd like him, but no, I I met him. I met him once, and like I was like, I was like shaking, you know, because I was I was younger, and he's like the most like he's like he was like a god to me when I was a kid. And he was just like, he just shook my hand. He shook my mom's hand. And he's like the most modest guy ever. And yeah. I, and again, just like, you're like, your, your feelings and affection for him go up even more. Cause you're like, that dude could literally walk around and be like, I'm a God. And he doesn't, he's like so humble. And it's, it's amazing to see. I wish more people were like that. He's the one person, you know, in my line of work, I, I'm around a lot of famous people. Like I, I talk with Sidney Crosby every day. I, you know, I'm around all these guys and, I'm not starstruck because I'm always around celebrities. He's, one, yeah. he's the one person I'm still, when he walks into the room, I'm like, oh shit, it's Mario. Like, yeah. yeah. He's, got this, he's got this royal presence about him. Like, you feel like the prince just walked in or something. That's yeah. just how he is. And I, I, I can see, like, where, never known anyone else like that. Yeah. And I can see where Crosby gets, like, that kind of stuff from Mario because Crosby, he's, like, pretty reserved, I think, with his private life, too. You know, not on social media. You know, maybe he has a burner account somewhere. I've always read stories about that. I think he, I think he said he had one, but um, you don't really yeah. know too much about his personal life too much. No. I, I think he definitely. That's, I think he definitely got that a lot of that from Mario. I, I no, I do too. I, I think that's a great point. I mean, when Sid came here, when the Penguins won the draft lottery, Sid was still seventeen. Yeah, he didn't turn eighteen until the next month. I mean, think about that. I think about how, how all of us were when we were seventeen, and he shows up. <laughs> He, I think, emulated Mario a lot. I, I really believe that. And, and that's that's why he's so private and it's yeah. probably smart. And I can confirm he did have a burner account on Twitter. Sidney <laughs> Crosby. He specifically told me that one day a Rob Rossi tweet pissed him off so much that he just he just disabled it and that was it. Oh, that's, that's it. lovely. People, that's lovely. That is that is that is just absolutely. <laughs> I can take it over that. But to get back to the the, um, the team a little bit, you know, I mean. Uh, you know, you have a 20 year old Yarmir Yager on this team, 94 points. You know, J- Joe Mullen, he was getting up there in age. He was just, oh, absolutely, oh mm-hmm. my God, he was awesome. You know, you have a young Marty Straka getting into the league, 20 years old. I mean, he, not one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, he, I know he only had, he played about half the season, but, you know, Troy Loney's still there. You know, Ulf Samuelson is still in his prime, who was, you know, I'll always, I will always say that Ulf Samuelson hit on Cam Neely was clean. And if anyone wants to um, <laughs> get mad at me, go right ahead. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you just it's, it had like this that mix of youth and like the veterans. Like I said, with Yager, he's not even twenty one yet, and 
Joe Mullen, he's, he was awesome. And Marty Straka, of course, what he did later years with his Penguin tenure. It was just those two, like, especially with Mullen and Straka, they were just, they were just awesome, I thought. No, they weren't. You know, the one problem with the 93 team, I don't know how you guys feel about the quote-unquote role players, you know, guys like Max Talbot or Matt Cook or Nick Benino, guys like that. The Penguins did lose full board that summer to free agency, mm-hmm. went to the Rangers. And then Greg Patrick traded Bob Airy late in the regular season for Mike Ramsey to the Buffalo Sabres. Ramsey, who played on the 1980 Olympic team, of course, Craig Patrick was a coach on that team, so they had a relationship. And he was kind of your classic stay-at-home defenseman who's not really in the league anymore. And Bob Airy was not a star, but he was a really good third-line player, a great penalty killer. Um, guys like that can come in handy in the playoffs, and they lost a little bit of team speed, too, when he left. Bob could fly. Um, so they, they did lose some of those blue guys, mm-hmm. I think. And they had so much star power, they probably figured they didn't need it. But they had younger guys in that role. Maybe some of them weren't ready. I don't know. But um, still, on paper, that team was so loaded. Sean McEachern was a good player. Yeah. He could he could score. He could really skate. Marty Straka, one of my favorite Penguins ever. What a what a good player he was, man. He, he never did much when he was anywhere else. When he was with the Penguins, like he was just a productive player. He could fly. He could do it all. Um, could play any position up front, too. So, I mean, the collection of talents on that team was pretty outrageous. If there were a salary cap, that team never would have existed. <laughs> I'm looking at the roster right now, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's – no, there's no way they would have had to lose, like, three guys. I mean, I think we've seen that in the – I think it's weird how history repeats itself because I think we've seen that in this period of the they – they relied on those guys so much that they felt like they could get away with having shit through the third lines. And then when it came to playoffs, the team shut down the front. They had nobody else that could support anything. And so eventually, you know, when Rutherford came through, we started to see the last couple of years where they were like, okay, yeah, we don't need a bottom six to contribute. So I, I think it's where our history repeats itself. After a period of time, with Crosby and Malkin as well. That's right, but you know the thing with the '93 Penguins, we can talk about that all we want, and you make good points. But nobody ever talks about in that series. Mario's back just went out. Yeah, he couldn't skate, and it happened. I think it was game one or it was game one. He left early in the game. He got hurt. It's game one or two. I think it was game one. Yeah, it was like a Sunday afternoon game. He left in the first period. He, his back went out, and he actually had a couple of procedures done during that series called traction something or other. I know the story because he drove out to Peters Township, which is where I live before game five. And some procedure done on his back played really well in game five. They won. And game six, it got really bad again. He came out before game seven, had it done again. It had, like, the reverse effect. He could barely move in game seven. So, yeah, that makes well, like he couldn't even bend it over. To, he couldn't even bend it over to his skates or whatever. Like, he was bad. I read that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I read that story a bunch. No, it's true. I mean, so he – if he were healthy, he was just so dominant at that time yeah. that you have to assume he would have found a way to win that game almost on his own. And you can't say that about many other players, but when you look at how the level he was playing at that year, it probably would have been the case. But, you know, he was not healthy. Stevens got hurt. Barrasso was really bad in the last couple of games in that series. He, he really lost his way a little bit and – 
Crazy things happen on the island, unfortunately, for the Penguins over the years. That's never been a kind building to them. They lost games four and six there. And uh, mm-hmm. remember the 2013 Penguins had their issues in that building as well. Like, it's just, I don't know why. Some buildings are like that, but that's and, definitely one. And, um, and last year's, yeah, that that building, I just, I can't, I still don't understand in this day how they're still playing in that building. Thank God, Josh, that they're getting a new arena in the next couple of years, finally. Where, 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 I think by Belmont or something, the Belmont Stakes up yeah. there or something. And um, they they finally can play in an arena that is an actual good arena for NHL hockey. Um, There's just that that barn is just I, I I hate it. Aside from that, let me tell you, their fans are a strange bunch. Now, I'm not saying all Islanders fans, but the fans in that building. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny. I was actually on the phone with a, a friend of mine during that series last year. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I've never believed in this phrase, this toxic masculinity. This is like all like extreme <laughs> feminist bullshit. I don't believe this at all. I said, you know what? I said, after being in this building, I think I see what toxic masculinity is. It's Islanders fans. Like, it's a really bizarre frat boy atmosphere. Like they might be worse than Flyers fans. Like Flyers fans like are almost subhuman, but they're kind of entertaining. Yeah. Like Islanders fans are just like, I don't even know what to make of them. Uh, they have uh... – E from Entourage, Kevin Conley's like a diehard Islanders fan. He blocked me on Twitter <laughs> working that 2013 series. I know that the funniest memory I had from that series was when Ryan Whitney was watching with a couple people. And then I think it was like in game one when Justin Schultz tied the game. Love Ryan Whitney because he's just a hilarious person. He went berserk on the, uh, the Islanders fans that were on the call, just kept talking a bunch of garbage. I just. I, Love Ryan. That was just, but they really are an, like an interesting bunch. And I, like I was saying, you know, Josh, when that highlight of the Volek goal of Game Seven comes on the TV when the two teams are playing, like they like to show the um, the highlights of the old rivalry, I turn the station. I, I can't, I can't watch it. It just, it, I think other people are like it too. I'm sure maybe Chad is as well. I, I can't watch that highlight. It just well, I was uh, 13 years old in '93. And I remember that night, it was yesterday, May 14th, 1993, it was a Friday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, young Josh may have shed a tear that night, in fact, I'm not going to lie. Um, that was, because that team, I, I'm telling you, the love affair that Pittsburgh had with that team is hard to explain. They weren't just great, it, it was just the personalities on that team. There was like Tockett and Stevens and Ulf. Mm-hmm. And they, these were like the, the most entertaining guys who just said whatever they felt like. They didn't give a shit. Um, they just, in the words of Phil Bork, we were a bunch of riverboat gamblers. And <laughs> ironically enough, like Rick Tockett was once indicted in a federal gambling ring. And I was told by Phil Bork that he was only like the fourth or fifth biggest gambler on that team. Like that's how bad it was. Like NFL Sundays were unbelievable. Like Tockett one day just walked in and handed his entire paycheck to Stevens. Like it was, it was getting <laughs> that out of control. And Yager kept saying to everyone, "Like, what the fuck, Bengal? What the fuck, Bengal?" And like they tried to like, help him how to bet. Like, and he would just bet his whole paycheck on games. No wonder he ended up in Vegas a few years ago. Look at who his uh, role models were. But, uh, yeah, but they were just fun to cheer for. I mean, how could you not like that group? It, they just, they just, yeah. they had everything. Yeah, Rick, Rick Tockett was just some one funny story about Rick Tockett. Now, this was, I think, this was before. This was also before I was born. My mom, when she was in Pittsburgh back in, this was actually I think during the season. I think he had gotten into a fight the night before, and like she went into the bank, and apparently he was there depositing a check. And then she she was like, "Oh my god, should I say something?" And she was like, 
nice fight last night, man. And he was like, oh, <laughs> he had like this. She said he has like this <laughs> massive black eye from it because I think he got like the, the shit kicked out of him. And, and he was like, he was like, oh, yeah, thanks. And he like just walked out. That's like, that's like the funniest Rick talking uh, moment I um that I can think of, honestly. Um, yeah, but it was, I'm just, and, and I've been fortunate in my position to get to know so many guys from those early nineties teams yeah. and like, they're all so great. Well, except for the goaltender, I guess, but <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never really had a conversation with Tom, but even the people on that team didn't really like him. He's just, just a weird dude. I mean, he was just cut from a different cloth entirely, unfortunately, but I, you know, I have had guys tell me like, we wish he'd come back to one of our reunions. Like we wish he would. You know, mm-hmm. come back to one of our golf outings or something, but maybe someday he will. But but Tom just has a lot of resentment toward the Penguins and Pittsburgh, and you know, I don't know why, but, but he certainly does. Yeah, I, and I, also maybe he was just jealous that Ken Reggett's mask was just so much better than him. <laughs> to this day, I was I'm obsessed with Ken Reggett's penguin mask. It was the best. It was the best. Love, Ken Reggett owns a bar in Bridgeville. You should go hang out. Yeah, with no, I've been there. I've been there before. I've been there before. Yeah. That'd be- yeah. <laughs> I literally, I can't even. I mean, I'm serious. I would be in, I'd be in uh, school, and I would be like trying to draw his, his penguin mask. I was obsessed with it. <laughs> the, the day that I'm waiting for the most, uh, for as long as I've been a Penguin fan, you both for both of you guys, um, just to, like almost wrap this thing up, is the day that Yarmer Yager is finally going to have his jersey retired. Because I, I loved <laughs> the article, Josh, that Ro- Rossi actually did on the Athletic because. Um, because the Phil Bork got to talk to um, Yager, and um, it's I, I I'd like to think that it's coming in the next couple of years because yeah. it, it's it. I know some Penguin fans still weirdly hate Yarmir Yager. I've talked about this on, on this um, podcast, and I, and I hate everybody. That it's has it's stupid. Way. It's dumb. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's completely stupid. But Josh, <laughs> you got to think it's coming in the next couple of years, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, the, the only thing is, Yager is like still playing for yeah. a team that owns. And he's, I believe he's 48 now. I mean, apparently he's still pretty good too. <laughs> Working he's, like a, he's like a man child. Hashtag Yager watch. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> why not? I mean, Borky saw him play over there. He said, hey, he still looks pretty good. Like, you know, I mean, I, I don't, the guy's a freak of nature. Um, so I suspect that we'll have to wait until he's officially done playing. Mm-hmm. But it's is going to still, happen. Is there still – I mean, I don't know if you can tell me this, but is there still like animosity between him and the team, or the team versus yeah. him? Or, or, or no, is, not at is all. anything with Mario or anything like that? No, okay. No, in fact, um, a couple of memories I have: the awful 2012 series between mm-hmm. the Penguins and Flyers, which I know bothered many people. Um, I still remember after Game Six of that series in Philly, I watched Mario have like a 15 minute conversation with Yager after the mm-hmm. game, and I think they were kind of making their peace. I, I had that sense, and I saw them in LA when they did the all one top one hundred players in history, which Malkin, of course, infamously was not named. <laughs> yeah. um, Mario and Yager, of course, were both there. They were very friendly with one another, had a nice chat, and Mario has made it exceedingly clear that he wants Yager's number to be retired. It will be probably not until after Yager's done playing, so maybe he'll play for another year or two, and it won't be until then. But hundred percent, it's absolutely going to happen, and what a great night that will be. Yeah, no, I, I think I honestly truly think that tears may come to his eyes when he sees the reception that he's going to get. Yeah. I know he's been, I know, he, I think he definitely knows that the Penguins, fan, some Penguins fans resented him after what happened in 2012 yeah. and all that. And 
I just and I will get arrested in Yager's defense that night. I'll, I will be there. I will purchase a ticket. I will if anyone there. does anything stupid, I will gladly take <laughs> one for for Yager's team on his on his side. I'm just letting everybody know right now. <laughs> I'll, I'll be happy to write the article about it. But uh, <laughs> but um, now, do you guys remember? Um, I think it was 2017. Yager's last season with Florida. That was a Sunday afternoon game, and mm-hmm. Yager got a standing ovation. That's right. Yeah. I think it was for being on the top 100 team. And he knew that was going to be his last game in Pittsburgh. And that was quite a moment. And there, there was not one person booing that day. Like, that was clearly a crowd that was there to forgive him. You know how I feel about Madden, but I, I, I do. There's one thing that I that I heard him say one time that I do agree with. And I mean, that, that's rare. Breaking news. <laughs> is that a lot of the people that you see on Twitter, like, the, those aren't the same people that go to the games. That is true. Like, yes. People that hate Latang, like you go to a Penn's game, dude, and no. you see Latang jerseys everywhere. I mean, there is a difference. It, it, it's just yeah. that the Twitter, there's a, you know, everybody can see your opinion. But when you go to those games, it is different about mm. how people feel about those players. It's you different. Know, you guys don't want to hear this, maybe, but I've never heard Jack Johnson get booed in that building. I, I mean, and I know there's people in that building who know he's not very good or whatever, but I've never, the fans there are different than you see on Twitter. He, they do not turn on players. And, you know, Yager used to get booed there a lot, but it wasn't like everybody was booing him. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and as years went by, that, that certainly started to change a little bit. And I hope people will have a respect for what he did. There would be no Pittsburgh Penguins if there was not Yager. 1999, baby. He, he what say- he did in that series, playing on one leg, oh. beating the best team in the league, they got three more home games and all the revenue they got from that. I always remember that game six that late in that third, it looks like, Oh my God, the penguins are going to, they're going to leave. And then he ties it. And then that, and that overtime, it was, it was Straka that Straka to him. Right. I'm just, Great play to him, yeah, yep. yeah. And then you knew right then it was like, Oh my God, they might actually pull this off. And then they, uh, <laughs> so no, I, I can't wait to see that night when Yager comes yeah. back. Uh, that'll be a special evening. Yeah. No. So you went, you, where did you, where, I'm, I'm forgetting your article now. Where did you have Yager on your on your list? I had him on three. Yeah, three. Okay, yeah. And mine would be Lemieux, Crosby, Yager, Malkin would be my top four. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, it's, some people were pissy with me that I didn't have Malkin ahead of Yager, and I get it. You can make an argument, but I don't think they saw Yager play. I, I'm being dead serious. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it, I, listen, I'm a big Geno supporter. Not only do I think he's one of the top 100 players ever, I think he's probably like top 25 ever. I, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I mean that. That's how good Yager was. He wasn't as good as Yager. Yager has, has more scoring titles than Crosby and Malkin combined. Right? Yager in his Pittsburgh career had a better point per game total than Crosby or Malkin at a time when it was harder to score. He was, and that just shows you how spoiled we are. We have four of the probably 25 best players ever on, in, in our franchise. Like That's crazy. And, and three of the top ten ever probably. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, no doubt. But yeah, yeah, Yager, if you didn't see him play, you don't know how great he was. Mm-hmm. He was you, you can make an argument between Yager and Crosby. I would take Crosby, but you can make an argument. Yeah, no, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I just I wish I got to watch him in his prime, you know. I was only a ba- I was only a baby when he had his 1999 heroics. Yeah. Poor me, but um to end, to end this uh, episode, Josh, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask this. Well, I'll also ask. Actually, ask this to Chad too. Josh, do you think we're gonna see hockey this late in summer, June, July, or anything like that? What, what are you thinking at this point? Um, 
I'll say two things about it. Yeah. Uh, my instinct as a human being who doesn't know anything mm-hmm. about what might happen is my instinct says no, probably not. Um, however, I will tell you this. Um, I know for a fact that Gary Bettman and every owner in the NHL, they really want it to happen. Yeah. Like they really do. And they are willing to go in as late as Labor Day for a Stanley Cup final for it to happen. So I'm not going to write it off and say it's not possible, but you know, sitting here right now in, in early to mid-April, it, it's hard to imagine that things are going to change so swiftly that we could be seeing hockey in two months. I hope I'm wrong, um, but I, I'm kind of leaning against it at this point. But I, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to make any announcements for a while because I think they want to wait and see for a few weeks and see where this thing goes. And I think that's the smart approach. Yeah. I don't, when I hear people say, oh, we're going to be shut down for three years, like, you don't know that. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens, and hopefully things will get back to normal. Yeah. Ch- Chad, what, as, what do you think, man? As someone that goes like, See, I saw Josh's Twitter poll yesterday. It was like, you know, would you go to a Penguins game? And I think it's, I think it's easy to sit on a computer and click yes. Like, yeah, oh yeah, I'd go to a Penguins game. Mm. But like, you know, I got a son. You know, I got a mom. Like, so if I went to a Penns game and I got into a crowded arena with eighteen thousand people, for one thing, I'm definitely not bringing my son with me. So I, I would feel really awkward with people that would bring their kids to that. At yeah. this point, I, I think it's easier to say that you would want to go. We won hockey. I mean, we, we're talking about a team that played like 30 years ago because that's hope there is you know, for me personally um especially um with the potential with jake ensel coming back because I mean, yeah, yeah i think um i think by the time this would ever get started i think he'll be almost 100 percent healthy considering it'll be almost june is if i'm correct june is six months for his surgery and oh june. no and, and hunter i will say this if there is hockey in july or august yeah. it's a huge advantage for the penguins yeah i would like their chances a lot more then than i would have in april um, because you get Gensel back, because the Flyers are going to have three months removed from their hot streak, who knows how what form they will be in. The Penguins have a bunch of older guys who will be rested. And the Penguins also, all the Penguins' best players have been hurt so much in their career, mm-hmm. Latang, Crosby, Malkin. They're used to missing a few months and coming right back into action. So I would think the Penguins could benefit theoretically. If there is hockey, and I hope there is, I'm not betting on it, though. I'm glad you brought up Gensel. I'm going to go, but... I think we learned how good Jake Gensel is by watching him this season and watching the team without him. I hope everybody that thinks that he's a product of Crosby ends up best because if anything, he probably makes Crosby better than the other way around. Like, he's that good of a player. Yeah, he's a star. There's he's, no doubt. Yeah, he had 20 goals in what 39 games before he got hurt. 40. He was almost a, over a point per game player. He's he's absolutely. Un- unbelievable but um i do want to thank both of you guys for coming on this episode i really do appreciate it um especially with josh getting your insight um because you know especially for chad too because you guys were both alive and teenagers during this series you know i was i wasn't even here yet so. yeah, i'm the old one here hunter's <laughs> just a baby clearly I know, yeah, I'm I'm the absolute baby, but yeah, we'll have um we'll have more episodes coming next week for sure. Probably, like I said, three more. We'll probably do another best season in franchise history uh, next week too. I got to figure out which other season and then I'm gonna do. Probably try to bring on a couple other people. But um, thank you guys so much for listening, and um, we will talk to you all next week.